Hey there, everyone. Uh, welcome to Same Peaks, y'all, the podcast where two librarian geeks talk about the classic TV show Twin Peaks once every week, except for last week. Yeah, oops, that was my fault. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I'm one of your lovely hosts, uh, the very attractive, shiny headed man named Leaf. <laughs> and I am, oh, chestnut hair Tess. That's chestnut hair, chestnut haired Tess and shiny headed leaf. That's what they call us. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you, sir. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got, I'd like to start the podcast off if you will indulge me with an email from Guy Dudeman. <laughs> Guy Dudeman. Oh, what a great Guy Dudeman. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so here it is. Uh, there's the email subject is guy says hi, and it goes like this: Hey, Dudeman here. I'm in the process of listening to the latest episode. I thought I'd give some random thoughts as I go through. So here, here is Guy Dudeman's random thoughts. Like this is like uh, he's actively listening to the show. Uh, point number one: I really relate to Leaf's reaction to this season in that even when I don't get what i'm seeing i really enjoy what i'm seeing and hearing and feeling <laughs> yes uh, the woman sitting remember the woman sitting in the room and one of them didn't have eyes and one of them did have eyes of course were two different characters so the woman with no eyes is um credited as nido i believe in the um in the credits and he says guy dudeman says the woman that does have eyes in that room is the actress who plays Ronette Pulaski, who you may remember from seasons one and two. Um, she was the other girl who was in the train car with, yes, you remember. I Laura. do remember. Did you and know I, that, Tess? I did, I did that's, not. I that's a like, big deal, right? I feel like I knew that at some point and then completely forgot about it. That is a big deal. You. But. It says that the actress's name is Phoebe Augustine, and the credits say that she's playing American Girl. <laughs> God, I love this so much. Of course. Well, now that we have answers, we're good, right? She's playing American Girl. Yeah. <sighs> Haley, no lie, your voice is soothing and attractive. <laughs> He is so funny. Thank you very much. Many people have been saying, in addition to cream corn, Evil Coop seems to be vomiting an, a black oily substance as well. Scorched engine oil, question mark. Mm -hmm. That's the smell that you hear, that you, the smell that you hear, the smell, the smell that you experience, I guess, when like Black Lodge stuff is going yeah. on. Yeah. The trees in Glastonbury Grove are indeed sycamore. Remember I pointed out that the street was called Sycamore. You two absolutely can watch The Missing Pieces without spoiling anything. Remember you were asking if you could watch The Missing Pieces. It's a great watch if only to see characters that were left out of Firewalk with me. It used to be available on YouTube, but that may have changed. Um, if you remember from Firewalk with me, and then I'm just going to add Guy Dudeman sent me like a follow-up email and he said he's not sure that this was in Firewalk with me. It might have been in The Missing Pieces. But if you remember, Annie had the ring, the owl ring in the hospital. Remember, you and I were trying to determine who last had the ring. 
Um, apparently, Annie had the ring and it was taken by a thieving nurse. Wonder what happened to her. I'm going to guess this was in the missing pieces because I have no recollection of this at that all. That doesn't sound familiar either. Yeah, that might be in the missing pieces. In reference to your discussion about numb arms in Twin Peaks, you may remember from Fire Walk With Me, Teresa Banks's arm went numb, according to the curmudgeonly waitress. Teresa wears the owl cave ring as well. Um, I guess at one point you had speculated that Coop had the ring. It says in the series, Coop has a gold ring different from the owl cave ring. And then to sum up, Guy Dudeman says, I love, love, love how much Leaf is enjoying the return. And I love, love, love how much Tess is coming around to it. <laughs> and I love, love, love the same team vibes spilling over into the same Peaks podcast. Best of both worlds. Happy Peaksing sent from my iPhone. <laughs> sent from my iPhone. Um, that's classic uh, sign off. The... Um... Guy, well, well we... I, I missed the point. Oh. Here, I'm going to reinsert it back in. I very much relate to our new segment, uh, Things I'm Too Lazy <laughs> to Think About. Um, luckily, we are part of the greatest community filled with people like the Diane podcast, the 25 Years Later website, and the wonderful and strange logcast who love to think about this stuff for us. So that's just some plugs for some other cool Twin Peaks podcasts and website so that's a little word from guy thanks Man. for thanks for emailing us guy. Uh, guy we love 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 your email thank you so much um if people how do i not remember this if anyone wanted to email us what would that email be tess the same peaks y'all at gmail.com you can also tweet at us at same team y'all you can also commune with an acorn planted in the ground. And then when it grows into a beautiful tree, it will send a message to Leaf and I, and we'll get your message that way. But it may be a little delayed. Um, okay. That's just another, it's another not, for you. Yeah, not the most efficient way of communication via tree, but it is the purest form of language, of course. Leaf, are you ready to discuss part four of Twin Peaks The Return with me? I am ready. Okay. All right. So this is part four, also known as brings back some memories. And we start off in Las Vegas. We see the casino staff of the uh, Silver Mustang Casino. They are befuddled by how many jackpots uh, Coop is winning. <laughs> that is, he's how many? 29 mega jackpots. Leaf, do you have um, much experience playing slot machines by chance? I would consider myself a um, um, a novice, but I have played them before. Well, if you if for those of you who don't have never played a slot machine, there are different levels of jackpots that you can win on a uh, on a uh, slot machine. You very rarely win the biggest one, and it looks like Coop is winning the biggest one on everyone he plays and the like casino manager he says i'm dead <laughs> i love that scene i love that actor by the way um i don't know if you recognize him his, his name is brett gelman he's a comedian and i really enjoy him so i was excited to see him in the return um 
In fact, Coop has been dubbed. He has a new nickname, Mr. Jackpot. Classic. <laughs> that older lady who he helped in um, in the last episode, uh, she is raking in some tokens thanks to Mr. Jackpot. And then somebody recognizes Dougie. Hey, Dougie Jones. It's Bill Shaker from some chemical company. I don't, I, I didn't write it down. He's eating a hot dog. He's got a female companion. I did think it was interesting. This is probably just really like nitpicky, but I thought it was interesting that, that David Lynch uh, has named the character Bill. This is like the third or fourth Bill that we <laughs> Which I'm like, but in life you do have that. You have names that are just common. Like I remember at one point I was working with four different Amy's. Um, and but in movies and books for some reason, everyone has like a new and unique, exciting name, like Katniss and Rue and Peta, like and like every but like they they just ignore the fact that you probably meet five guys named Bill, like like that's a great point or even like in district um 12 like in hunger games like everyone's like oh are you katniss everdeen no i'm katniss smith i'm on the other end of <laughs> district 12 um th there's a lot of katnesses around here i'm katniss that's s really super common name here. yeah yeah that's katniss e she's in the second grade um uh dougie He's got, he's getting through all of his interactions with people by just kind of repeating like the last thing that they said to said to him, and so they're they're kind of um, the female companion of Bill Shaker does seem very concerned about Dougie. He seems to want to go home, and she's concerned about him. And uh, Bill tells him where he lives. He's like, "Yeah, I know where your home is. It's on Lancelot Court near Merlin's Market. There's a red door. It's not far from here. You can get a cab." Um, I think it's interesting that we get Lancelot and Merlin, two kind of references to Arthurian legends. Um, I just found that interesting. And I, then I should mention I don't have anything to highlight so far. Okay. This, I, I really like, enjoyed this episode, but I I don't know if I had a lot of highlights. So just uh, I know you will never fake a highlight. So um, I, I, I could never. I could never. You could never fake a highlight. <laughs> Sorry, my dog came downstairs. Yeah. Oh. Like oh. It, it's exploring back there. I don't know if you can see her. For um for any of our listeners who like the audio format, you can also see Leaf and I and our beautiful faces on YouTube. You could, you could see my shiny head and yeah. Tessa's uh, chestnut locks. Yeah. Um. So they tell him that he can take a cab, so he heads in the direction of the cabs, but he's escorted to the back office by uh, by the casino staff. And we see, um, I guess he's like the floor manager. And uh, I, I like that they they lead him back there. The person who leads him back there kind of indicates like, he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and so the floor manager gives him his winnings and offers several amenities, you know, like, do you want a room for the night? Do you, you know? Um, and uh and then uh but coop wants to go home or dougie dougie coop maybe we should call this character duper because it's dougie coop we've got a booper and now we have a duper so duper w wants duper. to go home he he says you know 
he's going to take a cab and the floor manager says, oh no, of course, take a limo on us. And that's what you do at a casino. Anyone who's a high roller who wins a big jackpot gets offered all of these amenities. Um, and then he like leans forward and he's like, please come back anytime, sir. And it's kind of like, like he's saying one thing, but his face is saying the total opposite. I was really surprised, pleasantly surprised that they gave him the money and let him leave too. I was worried that they were taking him back there to like take advantage of him or, or you know, like once they realized that something, you know, might not be going on with all his faculties, I thought that maybe they would be like, oh, we can just keep the money, you know, but they gave it to him, which was great. But like a, a casino is a very public venue, you know, a lot of people saw him win this money. So I feel like they couldn't really get away with that, even if they wanted to. Um, so then the limo driver is driving to home and, uh, and the, <laughs> the only direction he's been given is that he needs to look for a red door. I really feel for the limo driver. He's like, it's really hard to see in the dark, sir. <laughs> Are you sure you don't know? What the <laughs> that made me think of at the library when they're like, so I read a book. It was red. Okay. Don't worry. I'll know it when I see it. Okay. No, it wasn't that one. I was like, okay. <laughs> oh gosh. I feel like every librarian has that story. My, um, my favorite one was I had a woman who requested um, the book angels in a graveyard. And I could not find this book. I was like, I, I am so sorry. Like, can you give me some more information? Wait, wait, wait. It, let me guess. The title was wrong. I'm trying to guess what it could be. Angels in a graveyard. Angels in a graveyard. Angels in a graveyard. Are both words wrong? To help you out, there was an angel in a graveyard on the cover of this very popular book at the time. Very popular. Angel in a graveyard. What was it? Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Oh. <laughs> And I was like, are you sure that's not the book he wants? It's like, no, that can't be. <laughs> oh, that is such a, that's such a fun game. Like what if you had to, so this is librarian trivia kind of game. You have to name what the book is just by someone saying the name of the book is what's on the cover of the book. Yeah. So like, like the first thing, I don't even remember the name of this book, but I know it's like one of the, the like the last or the, uh, one of the newer Twilight ones. It would be like creepy yeah pomegranate or something like that you know juicy uh, unsettling pomegranate they were like, <laughs> oh i know that book like oh i was gonna say magicians by lev grossman be like lonely tree yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a funny idea i also i once had a guy come in and he asked for the book satanic nurses and I, I said, do you by chance mean Satanic Verses by Sam and Rushdie? And he was like, never mind. <laughs> I had I had a woman the other day. This is just like yesterday. She asked, she said her child really wanted a book called uh, Diary of the Whipping Boy. And I said, oh. Di I said, Diary of the Whipping Boy. Yep, that's it. And I looked it up and you know, what we, what did, what did she want? Did she want both The Whipping Boy and Diary of a Wimpy Kid? Like, was it like a weird crossover book that she wanted? She just wanted Diary of a Wimpy Kid, but she thought it was Diary of a Whipping Boy. It was hilarious. So, anyway. Um, so, 
they are, they do find the house with the red door. The limo driver goes to help Duper out. An owl flies overhead. Mm. Um, and the limo driver's like, whoo, those give me the creeps. Um, and then a woman comes out of the house. Uh, presumably, this is from all the context clues we can uh we can presume that this is his this is dougie's wife and her name is janie e which nobody's name is janie e but that is okay this is like a good example of david lynch like this is how humans behave and this is what (laughs) their names are Um, but she she comes out of the house she slaps duper across the face she says dougie you've been missing for three days you missed sunny jim's birthday party again not a name sunny jim is not a name but okay (laughs) he's missed his son's birthday party she's frantic confused um and then uh she gets him in the house and he hands over the cash and she says, there's enough here to pay them back. So presumably Dougie owes some people some money, which kind of makes sense seeing as though we saw that there was like a hit out on him yeah. earlier. Um, and she says, this is the most wonderful, horrible day of my life. <laughs> and then she makes him a sandwich. <laughs> I think, I think um, this... I feel like this really resonated with me because I feel like if my husband went missing for three days, my first reaction would be like, WTH, I'm so mad at you. And then it would probably immediately be followed by, I'm so glad you're home and that you're okay. (laughs) Let me give you a piece of cake. (laughs) I bet you're hungry. Let me get you. Also, it's like, here's a big, here's a big bag. I mean, how they never say how much money's in the bag, you think? thousands and thousands that's exactly what janie e says G- little janie e and sunny janie- jim janie e is played by the way i know that you don't know actresses um uh but that is played by naomi watts who's actually a very famous actress you would be proud of me i actually did so i didn't know her I name know her. but i was like i know her because she has a very distinct kind of like gap in her teeth doesn't she yeah yeah I would call that a, I don't know if there's a name for it, but I would call that a, a cute gap. Um, yeah. A, what have you seen her in before? Do you remember? I, I don't, but this is going to sound weird. I know whatever I saw her in, I was attracted to her in it. Oh. So something was triggering, like, or attracted, or like I was um, drawn to her, you know? So I don't know what I saw her in, something. She's a lady. She's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um. We uh, could see Gordon Cole. He's got a meeting with the chief of staff of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the mm-hmm. FBI chief of staff. He's like, where is she? She's in a, a meeting. She'll be with you soon. By the way, the guy who's taking him into meet the chief of staff, also named Bill. Um, so Cole gets in, notices there's flowers in the other chair. Someone has delivered a bouquet to the chief of staff. And guess who the chief of staff is? Who is it? What a nice surprise. But it was none other than Fox Mulder. <laughs> <laughs> it's Denise. Denise Price and she, she's risen. 
through the ranks of the FBI to become the chief of staff, which is very exciting for Denise, played by the great David Duchovny. Um, so good. So Cole informs Denise that they've found Cooper in a prison in South Dakota. And uh, as shocking as this all seems, they're, they're going to go investigate it. <clears throat> and Denise is a little concerned because Cole is taking Agent Tammy Preston. And, um, <laughs> and Denise is like, really? You're taking the beautiful young female agent with you? Are you sure there's nothing going on there? And Cole tells uh, 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 Denise, there's room for more than one beautiful woman in the Federal Bureau of Investigation. <laughs> And uh, and uh, she asks, are you also taking Albert? And Cole says, do birds fly? Of course, he's taking Albert. Um, and so I think Denise feels like, oh, all right, this is on the level. Tammy is a really good agent. It's fine if you take her. And then, uh, and then Cole heads out. And um, there's a really great transition that I oh, like. Real quick, can uh -huh. you highlight Gordon Cole? Just a random thought. Okay. First highlight of the episode. First highlight of the episode. That's yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. um, there's a really fun transition I like here because um, Cole leaves and then Denise fans herself. And I don't know if she's fanning herself because like, oh, I was just flirting with Gordon Cole. Or if it's like, oh, I'm going through menopause. I don't know. I don't know what was going on there. But it's immediately followed by Lucy um, messing with a the thermostat, which I thought was really kind of a cute transition. I don't even know if it was like on purpose. But Lucy's talking on the phone to um, Sheriff Truman. And she's talking about the thermostat. She's concerned about the furnace. Maybe there was someone there fixing it. I don't know. <laughs> As she's talking to him on the phone, he walks in to the Sheriff's Department and Lucy screams and falls back in her chair and Andy is like attending to her and he's like basically apparently Lucy doesn't know how cell phones work like she's still not like I don't know how long like I think that's such Twin Peaks but she has not she has not grasped the concept yet I think it's such a funny joke and and a really smart joke too because in many ways, like it's been 25 years and the it's kind of like the joke is, oh, it's been 25 years and they're still doing the same thing. So then they take the joke one more step further and it's like, oh, let's just pretend she doesn't know what a cell phone is. You know, it's so funny. By the way, uh, both her and Andy look great. They look they phenomenal. Look yeah. They look awesome. Did you happen to catch their little family photo too? Yes. <laughs> so cute. Um. <sighs> We get this kind of weird behind the scenes tour of the sheriff department um, where there's all this like crazy technology and a very pretty large staff of um, people working there. We never saw this in the original series. In the original series, we saw like a couple conference rooms and you were given to uh, the impression that only like Harry Hawk and Andy and Lucy basically worked at this. <laughs> like, there's nobody else. Like, <laughs> light it, please. I light it. You got it. Mm -hmm. Um. So Sheriff Truman, and this is not the same Sheriff Truman 
that we know and love. This is, is it Frank. Robert Robert Forrester? Yes. How close am I? Robert Forrester. Wow. Congratulations, Aaron. He, he, he was an actor on Heroes, so that's how I know him. Uh, nice. He's been in a lot of things. And I, I have to say, Eric, you predicted that the other Sheriff Truman would be Harry's brother and that he would be played by a well-known actor. And you were correct. Did so, I say that? Oh, yes, shoot. you did. That was one of your predictions. That's a solid. That have come true. That's a solid prediction, actually. Yeah. Good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did a great job. Um, so, uh, so Sheriff Frank Truman is getting kind of caught up on what's been going on. He was out of town fishing, and he's getting caught up. And it sounds like things are um, not really uh, things are kind of going badly in Twin Peaks. There's been some DUIs. A young man OD'd at school. Um, and, uh, so things aren't, things are not going well in Twin Peaks. And then we meet a new, another member of the sheriff's department. Who is it? I see you grasping your uh, It's just, it's just, I know. It's just a lot of great moments. Uh, it's Bobby. Bobby Briggs became a police officer. What? Um, Bobby killed a guy. So I don't know how this happened, but Bobby... Can you who murdered somebody and now he's a police officer highlight it please (laughs) bobby murdering a person and becoming a police officer so interesting bobby we we go through changes in our life you know and people do reform so maybe that's what happened to bobby and sheriff truman's talking to him he's saying these chinese designer drugs are getting into town and Bobby's like they're not coming from any of the known trails in Canada I'm on it boss I promise um so he sounds like he's doing some good detective work and uh and then they they um go into the conference room uh because now he's gonna get caught up by um from Hawk uh about what's been going on uh how the log lady had contacted him and they're tr- they're kind of reopening the the Cooper uh, disappearance case. We got a younger police officer uh, named Chad, and I I don't know about you, but I immediately dislike Chad just right off the bat as soon as I saw him. And if we have any Chads listening, <laughs> hey, we love you. We're sure you're not this Chad. You probably aren't. You know. Oh, there's nothing wrong with Chads in general. But this Chad, I mean, come on. He's very disrespectful. Um, he's like, uh, are you taking tips from the log lady? Like, she's a loon. Um, and and they, he's quickly dismissed. Like, this isn't for you. Go go do something else. He goes, I got to get advice from a pine cone. <laughs> he's such a jerk. That's I, really you know. Re- you know what? You know what, Chad? You could learn a thing from a pine cone. Yeah. And I guess I, I think to myself, well, hmm, I wonder if I, if I did know that a woman was getting messages from a log, I might think that she's crazy, but because it's our log lady, I'm so offended by Chad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we know that it's, that this log is on the level. Okay, Chad, just get out of here. She um, lost her husband on her wedding day, right? Or the day after? Was it the wedding day? That's correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because we read about that in the secret history. Yeah. He needs to 
be a lot nicer to Margaret. That's right. Please. Um, please, Chad. Bobby comes into the room and he is very emotional at the sight of Laura's photo and the theme music comes crescendos in that that famous Laura's theme and Bobby is crying and he says man brings back some memories which is also the episode title um and he announces some new and you highlight the way Bobby reacted to Laura please we get some new information here Bobby announces that Cooper was the last person to see his dad, Garland Briggs, alive. That Cooper came to talk to Garland Briggs and the very next day he died at, in a fire at his listening station, the very next day. So now we know, I don't know if we knew this, but we know that the character Garland Briggs is dead. I mean, if it wasn't clear from his giant head floating through the void of space, now we have confirmation. Yeah. Um, I I guess I this is probably highlight worthy, or I could probably just say this. Like, we can just assume that it's it was Booper who killed him in a fire, right? We can presume that. Yep. Garland um, Briggs. R.I.P. Garland. R.I.P. Be more like Garland, not like Chad. Yes, we should put that on a t-shirt. Be, be more Garland. The world needs more Garlands. Be more Garland, be less Chad. God, I actually, I aspire to be Garland Briggs every I day. Do. I and do, I, yeah. Someone else I aspire to be is coming up here. <laughs> Another young police officer comes in to report that someone named Wally Brando is here and he wants to pay his respects to Sheriff Truman. And Andy and Lucy are ecstatic because it turns out that Wally Brando is their son. Don't they both yell Wally? Or do they yell Wally's here or do they yell Wally Brando? I think they say Wally's here or just Wally. I forget now. But they, they're so excited. And Wally is played by Michael Sarah, the actor Michael Sarah who I haven't seen him in anything in quite a while. So I hope I just want to send some love and kindness out into the universe to Michael Sarah, wherever he is. Is um, Michael Sarah, um, and I might be getting my um, young kind of moppy haired young white actors mixed up. Um, uh -huh. Is he the one who played Scott Pilgrim? Yes. Yes. Scott Pilgrim versus the world is a killer movie killer very good he's great in it which is why i'm i like i when i was watching this i realized oh gosh i haven't i think when i watched this in 2017 i thought oh man i haven't seen michael Sarah in anything in a while and then i watched it now in 2021 and i thought oh gosh i haven't seen michael Sarah in anything in a while i hope he's doing okay maybe he Maybe he he's free to just pick and choose what he's in now. Hopefully he's doing okay. But yeah. he's dressed he's dressed like Marlon Brando, <laughs> and he kind of acts like Marlon Brando, and he's on a motorcycle, uh, like Marlon Brando was in, in one of his iconic movie roles. 
And um, the Sheriff Truman that he really wanted to pay respects to is Harry. So we find out that Harry it was his, is his godfather. And he heard that Harry is ill. And he hopes that he gets better soon. And, and the other reason that he's here is also to tell his parents that they can turn his room into a study. That's okay with him. <laughs> and uh, apparently he's been, he's been traveling across the country on his bike. He references Lewis and Clark, which I thought was interesting because we got a little Lewis and Clark action in the secret history. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's, that's Wally. I don't know if you got anything for that. Other yeah. than uh, it, it made my heart Hermits. burst with joy. My heart, my heart uh, just like ruptured with joy all over the place <laughs> when I saw not only the s- surprise guest star, but then also just everything about this scene was pure, pure magic. And it's, it's so good. And like from Frank Truman's, like, I don't really know, like, I, I don't know how to react to this. To Andy and Lucy just so ecstatic and happy to see their their baby boy. It's so cute. Um and Michael Sarah's like delivery of these long lines, like they go on forever. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, so excellent. Mm-hmm. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss to you, Michael, Sarah. That's for you. That actually turned into an actual kiss that I blew at him. There you go, Michael, Sarah. It's for you. Uh, our next scene, we've got we've got Duper. Um, he's he's I guess woken up from a, a night's sleep, and there's some clothes there. He's gonna get dressed, um, and then we see Mike uh, in the red room. And he's kind of looking around and then these scenes sort of merge and Mike appears to Duper and he says, you were tricked. And he holds up the little gold ball that used to be Dougie. And then, and he informs him, now one of you must die. So, um, and then Duper really has to pee like a lot. Um, well, remember uh, the last episode I mentioned that he's like re remembering how to be a human. And I was like, it's amazing. He hasn't peed his pants, you know, But you know, who else had to pee really bad? Bobby Briggs had to pee really bad just a few scenes ago. Remember that? Wonder if it's connected. Probably not. But, um, (laughs) there's this scene where duper, is looking into the mirror that kind of reminded me of the scene in the season two finale where he's looking into the mirror and then he ends up like headbutting and, and uh, Bob appears on the other side. Um, I just thought that was an interesting scene. Yeah. And then Sunny, Sunny Jim appears, <laughs> again, not a name, in the, in the hallway and gives him a thumbs up and a big old smile to to which duper is very quick to um to return which we know that cooper loves a thumbs up it's one Mm -hmm. of his forms of communication um and sunny jim is i think i thought this scene was so cute because he's like chuckling he's like oh my gosh dad is acting so silly this morning he comes (laughs) out with like a tie on his head with his like classic dad move how do i put this tie on i forget do i put it on my head (laughs) 
he comes out to have breakfast and he's just got like the tie over that like Jamie E gave it to him. Like she notices that his clothes don't fit him anymore. Obviously Dougie was a larger man than, than Cooper is. And, um, and, uh, uh, and she says, you do your tie. I always get the tie wrong, but Duper doesn't know how to do a tie. Duper got it worse. You know? <laughs> he did it worse. I thought it was interesting during this breakfast scene, uh, Take Five by the Dave Brubeck Quartet is on in the background, which is a very like recognizable jazz song. And I, they ju- I just feel like they don't often incorporate music like well-known music into Twin Peaks. And I, I was curious if it was related in any way to your theory about how there is the Twin Peaks universe and then there's our universe. And like, is that part of our universe like infiltrating the Twin Peaks universe? Or if in this Twin Peaks universe, there's also a Dave Brubeck. I mean- it's for someone else who's composed the exact same music i don't know i just thought it was interesting um uh then there's this like extended sequence of of duper trying to figure out how to eat um like they're eating pancakes and syrup which we know that coop loves maple syrup so he was probably really excited about this and then and then (laughs) his coffee which is in a mug that says I am Dougie's coffee, which I really love. At some point, Showtime, the network that aired the show, was selling an I am Dougie's coffee mug in their store online. And I was very tempted to purchase it. Um, but she's like, <laughs> then he, he takes a sip of the coffee and he spits it out. I guess it was too hot. And then he <laughs> says, hi. I don't know what to make of this scene. So I could be wrong. So it seems that he's slowly remembering how to be a person again. And I think he's slowly remembering that he's Cooper. Um, And for some reason, when he said hi, it made me feel like he had some kind of that he was back. And I could be wrong when we get to the next episode, but it felt like Cooper was partially back. My, I, my theory was that he would taste that coop with that coffee and that would bring him back. Like I'm waiting for the thing, you know, like, Maybe. and he does like coffee. Um, we get a very brief scene uh, where we discover that the prince on the John Doe that is in, that was with Ruth Davenport's head that was discovered have been blocked by the military. They can't get the prince. It's been blocked by the military. Any theories on that? No. (laughs) (laughs) I have a theory, but I'll keep it to myself. Um, Cole, Albert, and Tammy arrive at a small regional airport. Um, Cole is very disappointed We're not anywhere near Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Luckily, Albert brought a photo of Mount Rushmore. It's almost as if he knew this was going to happen. Um, he's trying to he's trying to tell him that Agent Preston is getting car sick and Cole misheards mishears him and he's like, Cossacks are in Russia. And <laughs> and Albert yells, Car sick. And freaks out everybody. Um, 
I don't know what to make of these scenes. Like, I feel like they're playing his hearing impairment as a joke. And I realized that they did this in the original series and it was the 90s and it was probably a lot more acceptable back then. But I find it interesting that they're continuing with the joke. Like, <laughs> what? but then again, it doesn't make much sense that Gordon Cole has never upgraded the technology that he uses to hear. I mean, it, the technology's out there where he would be able to just hear, you know? Yeah. I mean, if he's in a regular, a regular room, like a sound control room, um like not loud music or the windows open in the car and stuff like that so i mean there are things that could still affect his hearing even with aids but i mean i don't know like he's in just regular rooms half the time you know very confusing um i mean they get to the prison and they they find Ooh, um highlight gordon cole's hearing loss okay huh hmm Oh, you got something for it, huh? Oh, oh, I'm cooking. Oh, I'm cooking something in my oven. <laughs> what is it? What am I cooking? I have no idea. But cherry <laughs> pie? Cherry pie? I cook, I cook a cherry pie in my oven. <laughs> okay. All right. So they tell, they report that they found this guy after the car accident. He threw up poison. Mm. And that um, <laughs> and Albert has a great zinger. He says he must have eaten locally. <laughs> Albert hasn't lost it. That He's guy. Scared. That um, guy. But they say exposure to that vomit sent a patrolman to the hospital. Um, they also found cocaine, a machine gun, and a dog leg in his trunk. I would um, like to highlight the dog leg, but... I don't know, so we're not going to. And and then uh, <laughs> and then Albert says, "What? No cheese and crackers?" <laughs> and oh, everything else in his trunk. Oh, oh so great! It's on fire. Um, the interrogation room is very dramatic. There's this curtain that very slowly rises <laughs> and reveals Booper, who gives a thumbs up. And I don't know if you caught it. You probably did, but Booper says it's you're good to see you. He he's like talking backwards like they do in the red room. Um I noticed that he doesn't greet Albert. He he goes to his whole spiel about how he misses Gordon and their times together and doesn't even acknowledge Albert, which I think is weird. Um he claims that for the past 25 years he's been working undercover with Jeffries with Philip Jeffries and he needs to be debriefed um and he repeats that story about the accident like verbatim like more than once um and he says uh that he's uh left messages um uh so that Philip knows that it's safe and um, anyways, they conclude the interrogation and the, the police say, listen, we can hold him for two more days without charging him, basically. And, and Cole says, and Cole asks, have they given him his phone call yet? And they say, no, not yet. And Cole says, 
give him his private phone call and I expect to hear all about it. <laughs> um, Tammy says his story doesn't check out because he claims that he was heading to Philadelphia to, to see them, but the car was headed west. And she wants to know uh, who Jeffrey is, Jeffrey's is and they tell, tell her that's a, a former FBI agent. Um, and then, and then Cole dismisses Tammy. I'm not quite sure why. I guess he wants to have a private moment with Albert. He, he tells her that she's wearing a wire and she needs to wait in the restaurant. And uh, then she walks away and Albert says he's feeling really good watching Tammy walk away. Do you think, here, um, highlight that conversation real quick. Thank the you. The one with Tammy? Yeah, the one with Tammy. I got something there. Um, Albert's very funny in this episode, by the way. Albert, he's classic. He's classic Albert. Uh, Gordon adjusts that hearing aid so that they can whisper. He turns it down and they're whispering. And um, Gordon says, that I've never seen you react like that, Albert. Like, I've never seen you react the way you did to. And, and Albert confesses that years ago, Philip Jeffries called Albert and told him that Coop needed to know who our man in Colombia was and that a week later that man was dead. And, um, and then uh, they agree that something is wrong with Cooper and that it is a blue rose situation. And I love this theme too, because the tint of the whole scene is blue yeah. as they're talking about this blue rose situation. Do you have something for that? Yeah, go ahead and highlight. I'm sure you're gonna mention this. Albert's shoes, right? Oh, I didn't. I know he moves his feet and, and Gordon kind of freaks out because mm. it's very loud. Mm. You got something for that, okay. Oof. A big old cherry pie. <laughs> um, and they they agree that someone else needs to look at Coop. And Gordon says, you know where she lives? And Albert says, I know where she drinks. And that's kind of the end of the episode. After this follows the, um, following this is the, the Roadhouse performance by Au Revoir Simone of the song Lark. And that's kind of the end of the episode. I feel um, like, oh, what were you going to say? I was going to ask you, who do you think she is? I was going to say, I feel like I should be able to guess it, but, um, okay, someone who likes to drink, presumably mm -hmm. alcohol, who needs to see Coop, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say we're going to, we're going to finally see, what was, shoot, give me a second, I've only been doing this for years, um, Shelby. Shelby, who's Shelby? Is Shelby on the show? No. Okay, give me one second. About our summer intern at the library, Shelby. Oh, Shelby. <laughs> how's, show? how's she doing? She's doing great. She's doing fantastic. I uh, get, love her. Um, Audrey. You think it's Audrey? Is that um Ben's daughter? Yes. I think it's Audrey. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I I was blanking. I'm going to say it's Audrey. Okay. I'm probably wrong, but that's my guess. All right. Well, it's time to discuss 
the many mysteries of this episode. We have a few highlights to go mm-hmm. over. We did. I was actually really surprised. It just kind of happened, you know? Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do about these tossed salad and scrambled eggs. Ah, they call it again. Ah, bah. Oh, man. Another classic show from the 90s. Oh, Leaf, should we do a Frasier cast after this? <laughs> well, the first thing is we would need to have um, some kind of clever or punny name. Um, crane, same cranes, Frasier. <laughs> we'll workshop it. We'll workshop I'm listening. It. We're listening to the podcast. <laughs> Ah, you know what? Somehow I feel like that might already exist. Like, I feel like, you know, there's this community, as Guy Dudeman pointed out, of of Twin Peaks podcasters, which I feel like is very generous of him to include us in. (laughs) I appreciate it, Guy. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, I wonder if there's also a community of, like, Frasier fanatics out there, Frasier fans. Um, so the first thing you had me highlight is Gordon Cole. You had something to say about Gordon Cole. I do have something to say about, oh, yes. I was just thinking Gordon Cole's a really good guy, right? He's really good at his job. And I think he's a very decent person. Like he's trying to do the right thing for the right reasons. And I think the reason Cooper is such a good person is because of Gordon Cole. Cause that was his mentor. Cause they share a lot of things. Yeah. They share a lot of things in common. Um, and I think it's it's Gordon's Gordon's goodness inspired Cooper's goodness. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. Um, I'm also thinking, uh, uh, my friend, our, our mutual friend Kit and I were having a conversation recently about how um, sometimes if you hang out with someone or if you even like watch a TV show, you start to kind of adopt the personality of either like your friend that you're hanging out with all the time or like the character on the TV show. And we were kind of discussing like there are mannerisms or phrases that we that we do that are not ours. Like they came from somewhere else. And so you saying that maybe Cole inspired the goodness of Cooper. I'm wondering who originated the thumbs up? You know, like, was that a Cooper thing or did Cole do it first? And then um, Cooper picked up on it. Tess, highlight it. Oh, whoa. <laughs> okay, you ready? I'm ready. It was um, Lewis and Clark. <laughs> they gave across a, a little thumbs up and somehow it passed down through. And then that's what it is. They were the first thumbs up. Um, you had something to say about the expanded staff at the sheriff's department that we've never seen before. I think, is it Frank Truman? Yes. Yeah. I think two things happened. One, we got some murders happening in Twin Peaks back in the 90s. Um, we got FBI agents involved. We got uh, drug stuff happening, all kinds of crazy stuff. I think they ended up like, hey, we need to boost our staff in the sheriff's department. I think we need to have some stuff going on. And also I think Frank Truman is like a go-getter. We're going to like, not just sit around like, like my brother just sitting around doing his thing. And I think he was, he's like, I'm going to make sure I got the top notch staff 
so we can take care of this town. And I think Frank Truman is 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 no nonsense about what he does. I forgot about how like little respect you have for the professionalism <laughs> of Harry S. Truman. <laughs> yeah. You think Frank Truman just turned that sheriff's department around and like hired a bunch of new staff and like was solving all kinds of crimes. He was such a great character in Heroes. And I think, <laughs> I know you're like, where's it going with this? And I think Frank Truman is like a solid like officer of the law and i think also just to tie it in i think he left like i think he had left twin peaks and gone somewhere and and then he came back and was like look at what happened to my town people get murdered and i think like um harry was like kind of like the big man on campus right he's like the the unofficial leader of the bookhouse boys and he's the sheriff and he's a you know pillar of the community but i think i think it's like um um, I think you know how sometimes it's like he it like is the the big tough alpha dog, but he's always been looking up to his older brother. And I yeah. think Frank comes back and he's like, "What did you do to this town?" You know, he's like, "I'm gonna go ahead and fix this." Um, I I remember when I was watching this originally in 2017, I thought to myself, um, "Why didn't Hawk become the sheriff?" You know, like. I, I was thinking, like, how does Harry's brother just swoop in here and take over? Did you have any thoughts on that? Um, highlight it. Oh, okay. I've highlighted it. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, because isn't he, um, isn't Hawk, like, chief something? What is his official? Because it was on his desk. What, oh, uh, I didn't even notice I'm that. going to look it up. Give me one second. So what you're saying is he, he did get a promotion in the meantime, you think? Give me one second. I mean, right. the more I think about it, and I've thought about it a lot because I'm that kind of person, I thought maybe Hawk doesn't want to be the big boss. You know, like I am an assistant manager at my library branch. I wouldn't want to be the branch manager. Like, like my, my boss has to deal with a lot of stuff that I don't want to deal with. Like I have to deal with stuff I don't want to deal with too, but at least I don't have to deal with like some of the stuff that she, maybe Hawk is like, you know what? I'm fine where I am. I, if I, if I go any higher, I won't get to do some of the detective work I like to do. Maybe it was his choice to not become the sheriff. Okay. So I think the re no, I think that's true, but also, so I, I looked it up now. He was a deputy and now he's a, a deputy chief and um, i think the only reason he's not sheriff is because i think uh david lynch thinks it's funny that he's chief hawk like chief as in like a tribal chief like i think that's the i think that's the bit he's going for like he became the chief of this village but he's the deputy chief you know mm -hmm. what did you have to say about bobby briggs okay and the fact that he is a drug dealing murderer who became a police officer. Okay, you ready for this? I'm ready, yeah. I think Frank came back in the town and he's like, I got to clean up my little brother's mess. Harry, effing Truman, come on. Gosh. And he's like, him and his nonsense bookhouse boys, get the heck out of here. I'm a man of the law and none of this, none of this, none of this good old boy business is going to cut cut the mustard with me meanwhile bookhouse boys are like uh-uh we need a man on the inside and i think that man 
is Bobby Briggs. I think Bobby became a bookhouse boy and he is a bookhouse boy and he's a double agent in the sheriff department. Oh, so he's like police officer by day, vigilante by night. Yeah. And I think, I think he, um, I think the reason he got into law enforcement and um, bookhouse boys and all that is because I think he was inspired by Coop and Truman from back in the day. I like that idea. Mm-hmm. It also, um, something I've thought about because again, why why not think about Twin Peaks all of the time? Um, I uh, somewhat recently met a, a young woman whose story I found very inspirational. Um, she came to do a training at the library about um, uh, naloxone, the the drug that you administer to someone who's suffering from uh, an overdose of opioids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we we got, you know, uh, certified to deliver this medicine in case anyone at the library ever has an overdose, and. The woman who was giving the training, this young woman had been saved herself by that, that drug, um, that she had had, a, that she had had a problem with opioids and she had turned her life around and become a person who now helps other drug addicts, which I thought was an amazing story. And I thought, when I thought, there you am sitting in the library. And I thought, maybe that's what happened to Bobby Briggs, maybe. <laughs> maybe he was a criminal basically and he turned his life around and he kind of took that experience that he had and now he uses that on the other side of the law as a police officer like I know what these guys are going through I can I can maybe I can help more struggling young men um you know turn their lives around I don't know are we gonna see snake again (laughs) oh I don't know (laughs) um actually that was why i was thinking he would be a bookhouse boy because when you're like i wonder how he became an officer even though he murdered a man i was like well bookhouse boys just bury stuff all the time you know they're they're like yeah you murdered a guy it's fine we think it was the right thing to do go for it you know um do you want to talk about how bobby becomes so emotional when he sees laura's portrait so i think remember how i mentioned that laura somehow was able to connect to her doppelgangers in the other universe or her doppelgangers could somehow go through her into her body okay i think one i think her connection to her doppelgangers and the other universe and that red room gives her the uncanny ability to affect people in very powerful emotional way and i think when like when she died and 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 uh um james snapped his pencil and pete is crying like everyone it's like it's like it's like jesus died you know what i mean yeah and so i think i think she has this effect on people and um i think that's why um it affected bobby so much as well gotcha mm-hmm. um let's see what else we got um you wanted to say something about Gordon Cole's hearing impairment. Yes. Okay. I cracked the case. So Gordon Cole's very smart and he's a savvy individual and, and he's a, a very good, he's a great lawman and a, a, I imagine a great supervisor and a handsome man. And 
a great a, lover a great lover and a, a tender lover and uh, slow and caring slow caring but also tough and assertive when you want it you know because he knows i've been a, a bad boy anyway gordon cole i think look at you i think his hearing loss not necessarily back in the day but today is a con i think he's doing the old jack sparrow bit where it's like oh look at this idiot look at this idiot and he's throwing everyone off and he's reading everyone in the room because i think i think his hearing loss is like him pretending to have the hearing aids and yelling and all that it's his way of like catching people off guard and like someone might say something thinking he can't hear it but he really can hear it or or he's also like much more um um like uh, able to understand what people are doing either and saying through reading their lips or through other cues than than what he lets on and i think it's it's a long like just to be one step ahead of of the people in the room so let me just get this straight you mm-hmm. you think that did you think it was always a con or or like or as technology progressed he did take advantage of it, but he's not letting on that he did. So a, now it's a con. But back when we knew him in the 90s, it it was for real. I think in the 90s it was for real, but now it's a con. Wow. I know. Okay. Next um, level. You wanted to say something about Tammy, um, the conversation they have with Tammy and how they sort yeah. of disappeared. Yeah. Um, I think... And this is this is probably the craziest theory I've said so far. So have you buckled in yet? Oh, wait, wait. All right, I'm in. <laughs> when Albert said that he's feeling better, I think he was talking about her butt. Well, yeah. Duh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm taking my seatbelt off. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry that I got you all excited. I was just going for a joke. Um, also, um, that was a nice rear end. Very nice. Good for you, Tammy. You're a beautiful woman. That um, well, yeah. I mean, she she's um, traditionally gorgeous. I will I say that. I wouldn't know if I'd call her an actress, um, but Ooh. she's a very beautiful woman. I don't think what I'm saying is like I don't think that this is what she normally does. I think this is. I I mean. Maybe I should look it up. I, uh, I've okay, I've, got, I've got a theory. Highlight her again. Okay. okay. All right. Highlighted. <laughs> I think she was hired because of that. Because of her, her ass. I think she was hired because of her butt. You are not the only person to think that. I'm yeah. just put that out there. Krista Bell is her name. She's a very pretty person. And she is uh, Krista Bell. She was the voice of Anna, right? In Frozen. No, <laughs> that's Kristen. That's Kristen Bell. This is oh. Kristen. And she is a. Uh, let's see. Has she been in anything else? Acting. I'm looking her up on uh, on Wikipedia. Okay. I'm in, she... a, I'm in a saucy mood. I'm looking up Kristen Bell's butt. <laughs> <laughs> She, okay, I lied. She has been in, she's been in uh, Once Upon a Time in China and America, a 1997 martial arts film. She was in the ABC Family reality TV series Switched. She was in a commercial for the Ford Motor Company. 
And she's been in Twin Peaks, The Return. Um, um, update. Also, I just got a bunch of Kristen Bell butt pictures. So I'm <laughs> out of here. Sorry, Kristen Bell. That was the wrong bell, but the wrong bell, but. Also, a rodeo themed horror film called Lasso. Ooh, that sounds good. Oh, uh, Leaf, she practices transcendental meditation like David Lynch. Okay. New theory he met her at a group. <laughs> he met her at one of those groups and they were like you want to be in this and she got up from her meditation cushion and he saw her rear end so they're they're all related you know uh, a quote from david lynch christabel <clears throat> is not only a killer performer she also has a great intuitive ability to catch a mood and find a melody that's really spectacular the first time i saw her perform i thought she was like an alien the most beautiful alien ever. Um, you know what? I, I really thought you were going to say, she's not only... Was, what, start that off again. Here, start that <laughs> sentence again. Do you still have it up? Yeah. Yeah, start it off and I'll tell you when to stop. Isabel is, is not only a killer performer. Period. She, stop. She's got a great ass. <laughs> I thought that's where you're going with that. <laughs> she's like an alien. So... <laughs> Almost alien ass it's ever. so bulbous and round actually oh, I, I honestly don't i honestly don't remember her butt that much actually if you're listening you're a beautiful lady and i'm really sorry if anything we've said has offended you i actually really enjoy your performance in twin peaks the return um but i know that you're not an actress primarily i think she's primarily a musician um slash model slash meditator um i should put that at the top of my i'm reworking my resume as you know and at the top it says librarian so here wait real quick tess is it okay if i share when i'm done my new resume with you um <laughs> because i'm worried i got a little too weird with it <laughs> that's absolutely fine you can't at, at the top it says because i use the template and at the top it says leaf it says Leaf Varice, and then underneath it's supposed to say like your title. And I have, um, it says librarian, and then a line. And then it says customer service enthusiast, and then, <laughs> and then a line. And then it says caring human. <laughs> That's your full title right there. That's my full title. I haven't decided. Like, is that it? Because you want to be remembered. But... But do you you want to be remembered for the right reasons and not like, boy, that guy is a weirdo. But they already know you. Anyways, you and I will discuss this yeah, later. We'll All discuss right. it later. Tell me what you think. Um, during the Blue Rose situation conversation, we noticed Albert's shoes and you had something to say about them. Albert's shoes made a noise on the asphalt. And um, Gordon Cole, look at your face. Gordon Cole reacted to it. That noise is, you want to finish the sentence? It's the noise. The scratching from inside the record from the giant. That's exactly right. Whoa. I know. (laughs) Now, what does that mean? I don't know, but I think it's the same. I know. know. Is that all of your mysteries? Do you have any others? Um... Uh, out of mysteries. Out of mysteries. All right. Well, it's on to the quotable quotation of the episode. 
Okay. <laughs> like a, I was like a marionette <laughs> performance. That was amazing. Thank you. What is your uh, quotable quotation for this episode? So I actually printed it out when I was at work, but then I left it at work. So I had to look <laughs> it up on my uh, phone. Okay. Give me one second. Here it is. <clears throat> my family, my friend. I've crisscrossed this great land of our countless times. I hold a map of it here in my heart next to the joyful memories of the carefree days I spent as a young boy here in your beautiful town of Twin Peaks. From Alexandria, Virginia to Stockholm, California. I think about Lewis and his friend Clark, the first Caucasians to see this part of the world. Their footsteps have been the highways and the byways of my days on the road. My shadow is always with me, sometimes ahead, sometimes behind, sometimes to the left, or sometimes to the right, except for on cloudy days or at night. <laughs> God, such a magical scene. Magical. That was great. Um, mm -hmm. I, uh, I had a really hard time deciding between two Gordon Cole quotes. I'm going to go with this one. And when you became Denise, I told all your colleagues, those clown comics, to fix their hearts or die. And that is, of course, Gordon Cole talking to Denise about when she transitions. And uh, he was telling all her coworkers, you better get with it. And um, fix, your, fix your heart or die. I love that quote. And I have like a, I feel like I have a personal connection to that quote because I bought a t-shirt with this quote on it. I loved it so much. So I have a shirt. I'll post a photo on our Twitter feed if you want to see it at same team y'all or Twitter feed. You can see a photo of me wearing a fix your hearts or die t-shirt with a photo of Gordon Cole on it. And one time I was standing in line at uh, the Golden Chicken. Do you remember the Golden Chicken? I've, ne I've never met that chicken. Is it on a farm? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a delicious restaurant in our town that, mm -hmm. mysteriously, that mysteriously sells Japanese food and like Southern fried chicken. I um, actually don't know of this golden chicken. Where's it at? Man, I'm really disappointed. If you ever come back down to visit, I got to take you to the golden chicken. Except you're a vegetarian. I, I was about to say, I was like, what are you talking about, sister? What am I going to do? Get there and get the water? <laughs> like stir fried veggies and rice are from their japanese section is it, or maybe is it called the golden is it called the golden veggies or is it <laughs> called the golden chicken <laughs> so i was standing in line at the golden chicken to get my to get my chicken and this lady who was sit, standing in line in front of me and she turns around and she looks at my shirt and she reads it out loud very slowly she's fix your hearts or die and then she says, that's very true. I have a stent in mine. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, I think I do know where that is. That's over by um, Behind the Noodles and Company. It is. Yeah. 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 Do, do you uh, remember, random, do you remember when that young man uh, picked me, tried to pick me up at the Noodles and Company? No. <laughs> do you not know? 
Thank you. Remember that? Yeah, this is years ago. I remember he um he slipped a note on my uh right next to my noodle ball. Yeah, unfortunately he he wasn't uh he was no Gordon Cole, so you no. weren't you weren't into it. If it was, I mean I would have been like Amanda would understand if it was for <laughs> Gordon Cole. Yeah. <laughs> uh my runner up was there they are, Albert Faces of Stone. <laughs> Mount Rushmore. So funny. I long to one day see Mount Rushmore and say that for myself. Uh, Leaf, who is your MVP for this episode? My MVP. Let's think about this. Okay, my MVP. Let me think. I don't know if I've actually hammered it down. Oh, who am I kidding? My MVP, it's gotta be Wally Brando. <laughs> Such a great moment. Such a magical moment. <laughs> Such a magical moment in that episode. I loved it. I uh, I don't know if this was the correct uh, thing to do, but I'm just gonna go with my gut and I chose Gordon Cole as my MVP. Why wouldn't um, it be the correct thing to do? Because like the MVP to me is like, I don't know. Like who who helped the most in the episode? Or? Yeah, kind of, but I um I don't know. I really enjoy David Lynch's performance as Gordon Cole. I love the character of Gordon Cole. I get I get those nostalgic feels that I'm longing for when he and Albert are in a scene together. Um, and so I really he's he did it for me in this episode. So um and uh and uh. Yeah, that's my MVP. So I really think this show, and we're only four episodes in, but I think it does a really good job of, for me anyway, having a lot of new content, like new concepts and new creatures and, and new ideas. Um, but then I think it does a really good job of being like, here, hey, remember this person? Without it being like, here it is too much. You know what I mean? Like here, here's Lucy and Andy still doing the same thing for 30 minutes. You know, it's just like a little taste. And then, and then you've got Michael Sarah, you know, and it's like, it's, I don't know. I, th I think they've done a really good job where it's like, you get that like, Oh, cause I'd be like, Oh my God, it's Bobby. Oh my God. It's James. James is cool. He's always been cool. And, um, and you get that, but it's not like, it's not just like they're the only ones there, you know? Yeah. Like to contrast this with um, Fuller House, um, the Full House, re not reboot, but re continu kind of, yeah, yes, conti continuation where it, it, it is that. Return, if you will. Yeah, Full House, The Return, um, where that that is what the show is. And they kind of make fun of it. Like, hey, isn't it weird? We're doing the same exact thing. Hi, you know. It's Uncle Joey. <laughs> yeah, hey, guys. It's, hey, hey, uh, I've got, what's his wood? I've got the woodchuck puppet out. And you got any wood? You know, it's like, I, was, I get it. I, I was really it. concerned. Um, I remember the first time I ever saw the trailer for Twin Peaks, The Return, that there weren't as many familiar faces mm. as I wanted to see. And I thought that this was going to be similar to the Star Wars sequel series. 
in that like all your faves are here but really the story is about these new characters um so like hey it's han and chewy but look it's ray and finn and poe and aren't they interesting and exciting and like there were a lot of fans who were like i really only care about han and chewy and where is luke what have you done with him and um uh and the, i'm not so interested in this girl who is she you know and Girls uh, can't have lightsabers <laughs> yeah and is uh I, i'm actually unpopular opinion a really big fan of the star wars sequel series specifically the film the last jedi <laughs> one of my favorite movies all right you can hate on me that's fine go ahead but i was a little concerned that this Twin Peaks The Return was going to be like, uh, here are all those nostalgic people, but really the show's about these new characters like Sam and Tracy. Um, but then they killed them off like <laughs> immediately. And uh, and you do get plenty, I feel like, plenty of time with your old favorites and they're introducing new characters, but it's not a handoff in my opinion, the way that like Star Wars was sort of a handoff. Like now it's a story about these people. It's no longer a story about these people. And that Twin Peaks Return is more like, it's still a story about them, but there's also a bunch of other stuff going well, on. What's interesting too is in Twin Peaks The Return, even when we see characters again, a lot of times we see them um, differently or in a different capacity than we did originally. In some cases, it's almost the same, like Lucy and Andy, right? Yeah. But um, Booper, right? Like technically we haven't, other than other than when he was in um, like that outer space area and the Red Room and all that, I think that was the Cooper we know, but he's behaving strangely because it's the Red Room, like time works weird. Um, but we haven't seen him in the the that, the Twin Peaks world yet because I mean we've seen him but he's still not himself yet he's still relearning himself so I kind of like the idea that and also we've seen him in Booper right and Bobby Bobby's almost not even recognizable from the type of character he was so it's interesting seeing these characters again but some of them being completely different and other ones kind of being exactly the same you know yeah. and you're going to continue to see that yeah. also you're not going to believe this I really like Rise of Skywalker too you know <laughs> And you know, unpopular opinion. I believe that you do. Like that. Here, here's an unpopular opinion. Maybe you all can keep your unpopular opinions, your your opinions, popular or otherwise to yourself. Do you think about that? You like that one right there? Maybe the internet could be used for something other than just your opinion. You ever think about that, buddy? <laughs> we say as we have a whole show about our opinions. About That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Leaf, how many fish in a percolator did you give this episode? Oh. Fellas, don't drink that coffee. You'd never guess. There was a fish in the percolator. I give it four fish. It was a good episode. Same. Same. It's hard because once I gave infinite fish to two episodes in a row, it's like really hard. But I was like, this is this is a good episode, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's a solid episode of Twin Peaks The Return. I would give infinite fish to the Wally Brando scene. <laughs> um, that really, to me, that is like 
that scene is why, and I think I told Amanda this because she was there watching it with me. <laughs> I, I told her that scene is why cinema exists. Like it was so good. It was so good. Mm. Multiple levels. Yeah. Chef kisses all around and real kisses too. Well, thank you all for listening to another episode of Same Peaks Y'all. Feel free to email us, samepeaksyall at gmail.com or tweet at us at same team y'all. Watch us on YouTube. Watch me mess with my goatee hair. It looks like I got it looks like I got a bald spot in my goatee. Look at this. <laughs> right there. Yeah, what's going on? I don't know, man. <laughs> Listen to my playlist on Spotify. You can look up same team y'all on Spotify and listen to my playlist like um the end of the world playlist or the uh fave Disney songs, no downers playlist. Um or one of Leaf's playlists, like the Grown Man Crying playlist. <laughs> or or there's our classic haters blocker playlist for when you need to block some haters like that. No. Not allowed. Not allowed. Like that. Um, thank you. Uh, uh, or, you know, also commune with trees and send us messages. Uh, we love you, not in a creepy way. And and Eric, do you have anything to say? Or excuse me, Leaf, do you have anything to say about coffee? Oh, this temperature. This, this <laughs> you got any coffee and or temperature related things to say? Um, I do. Someone just handed me some coffee, and I'm taking a sip. And Hi. how 